You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spade. So how many of you have been watching the Winter Olympics? Let's see your hands. Come on. Come on. Fess up. Whether you've been uh, watching the replays during the day or staying up till 2 a.m. to watch it live, uh, they're different kinds of sports, aren't they? We have uh, on the screen a young boy named Tiago Cusano. Now, here in the picture, Tiago is an eight-year-old boy. As an eight-year-old boy, he just absolutely loved sports. He played outside all the time. And then he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He had cancer. The play outside stopped. His parents wanted to protect him from infection, and so they uh, kept him inside where he could be safe. And all he could do was watch sports on TV. It was winter. There were few sports that were being broadcast. And then it happened. Tiago saw a bobsled. And for whatever reason, he was stuck. He was caught. He was captivated. The speed, the danger. All of that to an eight-year-old boy just resonated and he couldn't get enough of it. He watched on YouTube and he saw older races. He studied and he found out what bobsleds were made of, their weight, the speed, the temperature of the ice, everything. He had a new obsession. So he told his parents, I want to go bobsledding. There were two problems. First of all, Tiago had cancer. Secondly, he lived in Miami, Florida. <laughs> but his parents contacted the Make-A-Wish Foundation who went to work. They put together two teams, a medical team that could keep Tiago medically safe and a bobsledding team from Lake Placid, New York invited Tiago to come and spend a week with them. During that week, he and his family went to Lake Placid, New York. And there in Lake Placid, he lived with the team. He learned what it meant to be a bobsledder. He had studied it, but now he saw it up close. He could touch and feel the bobsled itself. He practiced with them. He did calisthenics with them. He learned what it meant to overcome adversity from the members on the bobsled. That was something that was going to come in handy for him as he faced surgery, radiation, and then chemotherapy. And then 
it happened. The day came. And they put Tiago in a two-man sled, the driver behind him, and they went down the track. They flew by at speeds that Tiago had read about, but he had never experienced. He felt the danger of the sled as it was shaking on the way down. When they got to the bottom of the hill, they jumped out of the sled and Tiago looked at his driver and said, can we go again? <laughs> what about you? Have you ever had something that you really wanted to do? I mean, it was an obsession. You studied it. You looked it up. You read about it. You even talked to people who had done it. And they, then the day comes and you are able to do it too. And it was better than you ever would have thought. Well, today we start a new sermon series. This sermon series is called Live in the Light. We're going to study 1 John in this portion, we're just going to take the first two chapters, spend six weeks on the first two chapters of John. This morning, we're just going to look at the first four verses of the first chapter. These words were probably written from Ephesus within 50 years of Christ's death and resurrection. These words tell us about something that the Jewish nation had been waiting for for centuries, the coming of the Messiah. And John tells us that it was better than we even thought it would be. Let's take a look at the passage. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we've seen him. And now we testify. There we go. And proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. You hear John's joy as he writes these words. He, he just kind of bubbles up and spills over into the people around him and the people who are reading this letter. The incredible joy of the expected Messiah and now that he's come, he is just so far beyond anything that we would have even thought he would be. He's better. Can we do it again? Here in this passage, John tells us five things about the Messiah. 
He calls the Messiah the word of life. He calls the Messiah the light. What a great way to start a series called Live in the Light because the Messiah was both life and the light at the same time. Let's take a, a look at what this passage actually says. We're going to read through sections of it again. This time I've highlighted certain things that I want to emphasize. John says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we've seen him. Now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. This one was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. First thing that John says about the Messiah is that no matter what we were expecting because we were kind of expecting a human warrior to come and free us from, from our oppressors. No matter what we were expecting, what we got was God himself. Now I'll tell you what. John and the other first Christians who were all Jews had spent their entire life learning about God. Every day they would recite a particular verse from the book of Deuteronomy four times during the day when they got up, at midday, when they got home, and before they went to bed. They would stand, look to the east, and say to the heavens, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. We believe in one God. I lived in the middle of a people, Romans and Greeks. They had pantheons. They had dozens of gods. Every time you'd turn around, you'd see another statue to a different god. Every city you would go to would be dedicated to a different god. And there was a temple to Artemis and a temple to Ares and a temple to Apollos and a temple to Zeus. They would stand and four times a day say, there is one God. And now Jesus comes and says, that's true, but I'm God too. Now, I don't think they fully understood at this point the doctrine of the Trinity. I don't think they fully understood everything that there was to understand. But they knew one thing. They knew Jesus said, I am God. And they trusted him. So they began to relook at the Old Testament. And as they did, they found indications in the Old Testament that yes, one God, but three separate persons. 
three ways that that one God presented himself to us. And they began to understand. The Messiah has existed since eternity. He is life itself. And he is the light that illuminates our darkness. Second thing, let's look at the passage again. Here in the passage, the one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we've seen him. Now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. John says here, God came to us. God became one of us. You know, this is incredible. It's not something that John made up. It's not that John said, I want to understand God in a new way. God initiated this. God came to us, revealed himself to us by becoming a human like us. But that's not all. He goes on. He goes on and he says uh, a couple back. Uh, this one is it. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. Not only that, but we saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we saw him. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. Now, John lived among a people, Romans and Greeks, who also said that God could become human because they had stories of their gods who took on human form and walked among us. But every time they did that, they walked among us to pursue their own ends. Maybe to start a war. Some of them came and became human to pursue their own lusts. Some actually took on human form to come down and get drunk and have a good time. But this is different. He lived with us. And John says, I saw him. I touched him. I was there. I know what his voice sounds like. I could hear that Galilean accent when he spoke. John said, I know what his favorite food was. And I know what his breath smelled like after he filled up on garlic. The point is, he was here. And I lived with him. I saw him. I touched him. I heard him. I experienced 
Jesus. Now, in the rest of the New Testament, other authors go on and they, they explain this just a little bit further. Paul talks about the coming of Jesus as the coming of a second Adam. You see, the first Adam was created a perfect human being. And God put him in a garden and God gave him instructions and when the opportunity for sin presented itself, he jumped at that opportunity the first chance he got. And he sinned. And that perfect human became warped and twisted just like we are. And then Paul says, but there's a second Adam. The second Adam, a perfect human being who lived in the middle of a people who were sinners, but he himself never sinned. Now Paul doesn't say it in so many words, but what he's communicating there is that Jesus was the only truly human who ever existed. Because the rest of us are less than what God created us to be. We are tainted, warped, and twisted by sin. And because of that, we don't live up to what God truly wants of us. John says Jesus did. Let's go on. The next thing Paul's, uh, John says is, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. We testify and proclaim to you that he's the one who's eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. And we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. Our joy at having experienced Jesus is something that, just like John, bubbles up inside our hearts. It, it spills over out of our empty cups. We have to talk about him. We proclaim, we testify, we preach, we share. It's not a philosophy that we teach. It's not a sermon that we preach. It's a person that we have met that we share. Bottom line is, it's a friend. It's someone that we have met that we want others to meet. And so John goes on and he ends this passage saying we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus, the Messiah. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. The word fellowship is a big word. It's one that we don't commonly use. You don't hear that in the streets. Who are you having fellowship with these days? Ah. Our word is friendship. That's what John's talking about. 
We want to tell you about our friend. Someone we have met. Someone who is a better friend than any friend that you have ever had. He is more loyal. He is more giving. He is more loving than any friend you have ever had. John simply says, we want you to meet that friend too. Because if you meet him like we have met him, you'll be happy. You will experience joy like you've never experienced before. So what do we learn from this passage? We learn five things. We learn, first of all, that Jesus is eternal. When everything was being created, Jesus was already there. He existed with the Father before creation. He's eternal. He is one with the Father. But Jesus came to us. There came a point in time when Jesus was born the same way we were born. There came a time when Jesus walked with us on the earth. There came a time when John was able to experience Jesus. Because of that, John has to share Jesus with everyone else that he knows. And here, by writing this epistle, even with people that he didn't know, he told them, I share him with you. You share him with others. And they did. They shared with their friends and their family, people that they lived with, and those people shared with others, and those with others, and others, and others. And here we are two centuries later, as a result of John sharing his friend with others. We need to share him too. And then finally, we share him so that others can enter into that friendship, enter into that family with Jesus. You see, the first two chapters of John are all about learning to live in the light. What John tells us is that ultimately, Jesus is the light. Jesus is even the life that we live. Learning to live in the light is all about learning to live in Jesus. John experienced Jesus when Jesus walked here on the earth and he wants us to do the same. You know, earlier we talked about what we're not here to do. We're not here to put on a show. We're not here to satisfy people that are just looking for a nice Sunday experience. So who are we for? Well, if you are broken, we're for you. Because you see, we are broken 
too. Every single one of us has been tainted by that sin that causes us to be less than what God created us to be. And we're trying to do better. But we need him. If you have questions, we're for you. Because we have questions too. We're trying to find answers and we've just found that it's better to try to find answers with other people who are looking for answers as well. If you are wanting to connect with people, we're for you. Because we need to connect too. It's the friendship. Friendship with Jesus, but friendship with each other. If you're wanting to grow, we're for you. Because we're just babies in the faith too. We're trying to learn. We need you. You need us. If you're wanting to make an impact in your community, we're for you. Because that's what God has called us to do, to be a blessing to all nations. We're trying to be a blessing to Southside Indy. In short, what we're trying to say is that to be Jesus at every corner of our culture, we need to learn to live in the light. It's his light that we need. You may be here today and maybe you have just never gone to Jesus to tell him, I need you. We'd invite you to do that today. If you've never done it, look to Jesus. Say, Lord, I tried to be a good person but I mess it up every chance I get it may be that you understand what morality is and you're trying to live a moral life and probably live mostly a moral life but there comes those times when you don't Jesus is there to forgive you it may be that you sense shame at the way you've lived. You know what? Jesus died for that shame and Jesus died to make you a part of his family. There is no greater honor than being a part of the family of God. It may be that you look at the experience that you live in and you feel weak. You feel that you just are overwhelmed. It's okay. He died for you too. He died to give you power. He died to empower you and help you live beyond whatever circumstance you find yourself in. We'd invite you today to just go to Jesus and say, I tried. I messed up. I need you. I need you to be my friend. I need you to be my light. I need you 
to be my life. Help me to live the way God wants me to live. Jesus is there for you. He's there to make you truly human. Still tainted by sin, but on the road to improvement. Go to him. Let him know. He'll be there for you. If you've done that, please look for one of us. Just chat with us for a little bit. We'd love to hear about your decision. If you've already made that decision, then to be Jesus in every corner of our culture, just shine. We live in a world of darkness, a world that needs to hear his voice. You are that voice. Shine. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.